Burlap Podcast. Humility. Um, uh, and so what are millennials looking for when they want a leader that has humility? Yeah, I think I think with a lot of these traits, as we've discussed, right? It, they kind of they overlap so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, humility, transparency, you know, vulnerability—all these things kind of go go hand in hand. I think for me, and I have a few millennials who work for me, and I think that it, more than anything, it's like, oh gosh, you know, I screwed that up. That's on me. Um, I'm open to hearing, hey, maybe we gotta sort of change the way we do things and not take things so um, defensively. I, of course I take things personally because it's my, it's my ministry, it's my vocation. I, I'm very much uh, embedded in what I do as a person. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to take things personal. But to not be defensive and have the humility enough to take a step back and consider options, consider suggestions, feedback, criticism. Uh, but obviously that's humility is so much deeper than that in that it becomes a you know a mirror if you will of of the way I really live my life towards others and my own awareness and I don't want to I don't want to be somebody who is just uh, uh, always right and and unwilling to to change and to learn and to grow myself and I want to be able to, at the same time to to show myself even as a strong leader as somebody who is strong in humility where there's no jealousy. There's no kind of uh, I'm better than you. There's just this concept of hey, we're again getting back to the team playing collaboration. We're doing this together. Uh, mm-hmm. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses, and yet um, we all have growth areas, as some people call them, as opposed to weaknesses. But I'm humble enough to take some criticism and to and to uh, maybe even change as a result of that criticism and critique. And that's a tough one, man. I, I just the other day, you know, I was sharing some things with some people that I thought were uh, needed to be said, and the, the quick defensive response led me to go, "Hmm, okay, I guess I won't say that again." Uh, instead of uh-huh. having meaningful conversations, I felt like I got sort of boxed out, and that's not what we want to create. That's certainly not the way that uh, that uh, Jesus calls Christians to live or lead. So. Yeah, man, humility, that's a big one. That came up on the data really, really high. It's like uh, a really important thing for us to think about as we lead. And and when you uh, combine it or couple it, if you will, with with authenticity, it can't be fake, that's for sure. (laughs) Right, yeah. You know, so I think that's the other side of it. It's like uh, maybe it's a character uh, trait that we actually need to develop, not just pretend we have and and admit the fact that we're in progress, we're unfinished, we're growing in that area. That's going to, again, connect to the authenticity and vulnerability that, that millennials are looking for. So, Yeah, yeah, man, those are good curveballs. I appreciate it. What else you got? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to throw one more at you. You ready for it? Okay. Yeah, man. All right. Okay, an adweek.com uh, post by Scott Hess. Uh, Scott Hess works for a marketing agency, and uh, and he writes a lot about millennials and stuff. Um, and in his post, I want you to to tell me if you think that this is a humble or not a humble um, 
a uh, perspective to have okay. with millennials. Okay, I'm just going to read right, what he wrote about uh, millennials and kind of engaging them as a Gen X boss. Okay. Okay. Yep. He said, "Think millennials spend way too much time thinking about and talking about their parents. Uh, shouldn't they just grow up?" Question. Uh, you're missing the point. At our agency, as we began to plan for another rousing edition of Bring Your Kids to Work Day, one millennial employee joked, oh, you mean the parade of the boss's kids. Okay? So after that, uh, they, sent up, they set up Parents' Day. Um, and they actually invited their employees to bring their parents uh, to the office uh, and see their job as a response to uh, this millennial employee. Is that something that's humble, or do you think that's something that is is not humble? Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's humble. I mean, it's okay. all in how you do it, right? I mean, if you're if you're doing it to be a smartass, then, then probably not. <laughs> but if you're doing yeah, if you're making the parody you, of bring your kids right. to work day, <laughs> it's like you know, oh, let's just see how this goes over. Let's have them bring their parents. You know, if you want to do that yeah. kind of stuff, then no. But I think that's wise. You know, you got a, uh, someone who's saying one thing about what you do, and you want to adjust that and say, well, let's create an environment where where all, everybody can contribute to this and, and be a part of it. So, yeah, man, I think that's I think that's a cool action to take. I, I, would, I would probably like that. Maybe I'll start doing that in my own workplace. <laughs> cool. so, Bring your yeah. parents to work today. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, yeah, you know. I think no. I think there's a sense in which that that expands expands the the team, if you will. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I hadn't seen that. Now, that's cool. Now, have you ever seen it? Uh, in the church's reaction to uh, a generation or a mindset that they have done something that is like a snarky snarky reaction to it. Have you ever seen the church do that? Like you mean uh, a snarky reaction to a millennial's comment or something? Yeah, like, like what, what, in, this, in, in this instance, you know, this parents' day could have been taken like one of two ways. It could have been like, oh, well, they're just making a joke at us, you know, at our expense. You know, um, and uh, or it could have been taken as, oh, no, this is a sincere way to engage all of us, you know, so that we're Mm -hmm. all a part of this. And this really connects with us because we're so attached to our parents, uh, connected with our parents and and, uh, and they're involved in our life. So the church, I'm sure, has done things as a response to what a generation or a mindset has said. I was just wondering, from your perspective, have you ever seen the church do something that was just making fun of? you know, uh, a generation or a mindset um, that they've been kind of snarky towards and they actually have created something that's kind of a negative response to uh, something that they see in the culture around them. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that uh, in multiple ways. I've also seen it where I wouldn't label it as snarky, but I would label it as taking it lightly or as if to say it's not really that, that, that that it's not really an issue. Uh, because it's mm-hmm. not our issue, it's their issue. So I think there's a multiple dimensions in which to respond to that. But, you know, just a few weeks ago I was traveling and I visited a church and I just mm-hmm. was listening to the sermon. And I'm looking around, as I often do when I visit churches, and see, you know, just kind of what's the makeup of this congregation who's here today. It's just something that is, you know, I want to see, it's fun to see kids and youth and older folks all kind of together. And this was 
a smaller church, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to the sermon, and the sermon was basically, I don't, you know, I don't remember the title or anything, but the sermon was basically related to how, you know, the young people in our world just need to grow up, and they just need to learn that the way that they want the world is the way the world's never going to be, and they basically just were dismissing uh, entire, yeah. entire mindsets of of people, you know, and it's like, well, I'm not sure that's that's the right way to go about it. I'm I'm not sure that you know I don't I don't lead that congregation, so maybe there was more at work there that I wasn't seeing. But my initial surface level response was thinking, man, if I was a a young adult or a teenager, I I wouldn't come here. Like I would uh-huh. I would like why would I sit here and and be told that my way of thinking isn't valuable. Uh, so I, I think that's what I meant by taking it lightly, as if to say that the issues that we're faced with in re- engaging millennials are somehow not real. Uh, mm-hmm. So I see that more often than a snarky response. I don't think most churches try to be snarky, um, although it may, they may. They I haven't seen one that I've led. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a constant snark. You're the snarkster, I think. So, uh, no, I mean, what do you think? Have you seen that? Have you seen kind of the in-your-face kind of move? Um, I whether the the intent was there to be uh, that way or not, I have seen millennials react to churches doing different things as it like reeking of they're just creating a parody of what I value, you know yeah. that they're uh-huh. just they're making a joke out of you know something that I hold uh, to be true and good. And uh, and it and it feels like it's at my expense, you know. And the things that uh, that churches have done um, are, are are a lot around sermons uh, that I've seen, like sermon titles that you know. Uh, specifically, one is a sermon that was um, just grow up and get out of the house uh, that yeah. uh, that a, a, a pastor had preached and. Uh, and it was about the um, the emerging uh, adulthood uh, research um, psychology stuff that was that was put out some years ago, and just finding the trend that that there was a failure to launch, and the reaction of this pastor to that um, that's, that that uh, that work was um, you know toughen up, you know just just do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and and because they were, you know for whatever reason they were kind of enraged by it and um and the title just came off to um to millennials as like this you know this this is a part of my life you know like it's not yeah, like i chose yeah. this it's not like the situation just kind of is afforded me um because my parents are you know well off and i'm not able to provide for myself you know out of my yeah. own actions or whatever, just the economy's bad and I can't get out of the house. And now this guy yeah. wants to tell me, like, just, you know, just pull myself up by my own bootstraps, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it feels like a joke on, on me. And, uh, yeah. So, that's just yeah. Poor, that's just poor um, all the way around because let's just say, for instance, that you have a, a family sitting there listening to this sermon of this, you know, I'll just pick, you know, this 27-year-old person who's living in mom's basement and has, quote-unquote, failure to launch, right? Well, 
the parents are have a role in that. So what are the parents who might be boomers at that level thinking about this sermon? They're they're probably hating it too, going, Well, I'm a failure too then because Yeah. And I just think that's that's just that's just well, it's just I mean, small, right? And so mm-hmm. unfortunately that's where so many people lead from is this this small kind of you know, I'm gonna get a few chuckles or I'm gonna get some people on my side here, but the reality is it impacts more people than they even probably realize and the segmentation thing, not to just kind of make it go back to that survey, but the segmentation no. tool that we created, this is precisely why we created it, to help pastors, church leaders, teachers, all kinds of different uh, leaders in the church to realize that just like boomers, just like Xers, just like every generation, not everybody is the same. We may be able to mm-hmm. find some common behaviors of life. We may be able to understand there's some threads of thinking that are predominant in certain generations, but just like any other generation, they're not the same. The mindsets are different, and the way that they approach life is different. The circumstances are different, and so just to kind of paint people with a broad stroke is just, I think, unfortunate and, and misguided leadership, and and we've got to be able to figure out, okay, what is the prevailing mindset of the people who I am, in this case, of uh, the story you told, preaching to, and then how do I help them, uh, not just tell them that they got to grow up and get out? Like, right. I, I would never go back there, ever, <laughs> if I was told that. You know, like, how is that, oh, like, yeah. hopeful, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's that's my reaction to it. But I think, I think your question is good. I think the way that you framed it, too, is that sometimes it's just, it's unintentional. And we maybe don't take the time to think about the implications, or we, we uh, yeah. just choose not to. Um, but it's yeah, and I think that's a mark of. I think that's a mark of humility to say, okay, my reaction to this is this, but mm-hmm. I have to hear, you know, yeah. from from the people that I lead, what's actually yeah. going on, to you yeah. know, to say, take one step further and say, you know, you know, let, let me take some time to really connect with people, knowing that my perspective isn't the the best perspective and or the only perspective. Uh, yeah. I think that's a real mark of humility. And that's one of the things that Burlap, as you know, Paul, is about, is we want to get millennials um, who are in congregations, whether it's five or 500, uh, to talk with the leadership. Because, you know, there's so many articles and podcasts and books and all this about what the way millennials think. And you, just like any other topic, you Google it, you get lost in it pretty quickly, and you start developing a set of conclusions that may not even be true about your context. And so how we help create conversation with millennials and with church leaders is such an important thing. I mean, a few weeks ago I was visiting with a church after doing a day of training at their church and was sitting down with the pastor and some of the key leaders, and the pastor kept referring to these millennials, these millennials, they think this, they think this. And finally I said, who who are these millennials? (laughs) Well, you know, the millennials. Well, what millennials? Well, you know, the millennials. I'm like, well, you mean the millennials in your church? Well, we we have a few of them. I'm like, well, is that who you're talking about? No, not necessarily. Well, have you ever stopped to ask them what they think? Well, no, I mean, you know, and it's like, well, maybe that's the first place to start is just to sit down with some folks and be willing to hear them say what we probably don't want to hear. And I think that's again, goes back to the humility thing. And this stuff isn't rocket science. It's just disciplining yourself to be able to really care. I think, and, uh-huh. and and developing that that trait, you know, of of empathy and compassion and care. So, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, I will say for, uh, you know, on the side of church leaders who, who have that, sometimes it does take somebody from the outside to come in and to, to just say to them, hey, why don't we... Why don't we just have a conversation with as many millennials that you have mm-hmm. here? You know, um, yeah. because they're you know, you you know the pressures of pastoral ministry and church leadership. You have a million things going on, um, and sometimes the simplest thing escapes us as leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's because we have you know these playfuls. So sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody come in and just say, in a very humble way, you know, why don't we create a space so that we can find out what's going on. And I think some of the segmentation, you know, surveying stuff helps to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. It takes. It does help. We did. Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. Well, no, I just think it takes off the, the, the kind of authoritative, this comes from top down, um, uh, pressure off creates a safe place where people can just come and just give their input into um, into the segmentation and just say this is my opinion uh, you know value it or not but I'm going to give it and offer it up and it allows leaders to step back and say oh okay here's what's actually going on here's what people are actually thinking and then ha- begin to have a conversation from that place of everyone's opinion is being valued here you know yeah, I think that's a really good insight, particularly pertaining to the, the comment about taking off the pressure because, look, it's real. I mean, people who are in positions of leadership in the church today are trying to figure out how do we reach people for the gospel, not just millennials, but everyone. And mm-hmm. then you start developing what can be an overwhelming sense of pressure, which can lead to failure, which can lead to fear and all of those things, and pretty soon you get yourself locked into a situation where you feel desperate, you feel like, gosh, I just have to plant a flag here and just, you know, say some things and make some conclusions. And it's so much, it's like releasing the pressure valve when you pull a group of people together and say, you know, what can we learn from this group? And then develop a set of conclusions that you know are real to the conversations you've actually had as opposed to what you think. And because mm-hmm. when you think something, you're never 100% sure. And this way you say, look, we talked to 50 of them and they said this, and so that's why we're doing X, Y, or Z. There's a certain, you know, pressure release that happens there because it's built around real relational connection as opposed to what I think. And I know mm-hmm. the times I've taught or the times that I've preached or the times that I've uh, led training or whatever, you know, when I haven't exactly had all the data that I'd like to have and I say some things and I wonder, is this even really true? <laughs> <laughs> really going to work or is this true and it's yeah. like you know it's not it's not that I'm being dishonest as much as it is maybe I haven't done as much ground level work as I need to on this stuff to really feel comfortable sharing these conclusions or thoughts or dreams or whatever they they may be and I think you're right about releasing uh, the pressure and I know for us you know just on a personal level uh, we have uh, one of our worship services at our church that I help co-lead is called Vibe V-I-B-E, and Vibe a few years ago. Actually, since then, we've done another one. So a few months ago, we just surveyed our congregation and said, like, what's important to you? What's not important to you? You know, what do you, why do you come here? Why do you, what, why do you choose to miss the weeks that you do? You know, all of these kinds of things. And we really, we realized some pretty, you know, important things. Like, uh, you know, why do I come to this service? Because I can bring my coffee in. 
and feel relaxed with my family and not have to feel like, you know, if my kid screams or cries that, like, you know, I feel like people are looking at me. Um, you know, some uh-huh. of the comments were, well, when I go to, you know, other churches or when I go to other services, I feel like I can't break out my phone and use it because people are thinking I'm, you know, distracted or I'm doing something other than following along with the sermon. And so we took the, a lot of that and realized, man, one of the things that we really need to do is keep creating a culture of hospitality and of this casual environment where people can just be who they are and not and not really worry about um you know what's going on around them and yeah and, uh, i don't think we would have sought to think about doing that first we would have thought well maybe we could refine the worship music or is it too loud or is it you know are our videos cool enough or you know right but right, really right. at the end of the day people are just going no man i just want to bring my coffee in I'm like, that's number one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, so let's highlight that. And to your point earlier, we could have been snarky and said, well, since coffee's important to you, I guess we're going to do this. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> instead, it's like, no, you know, we're going to just kind of keep, keep uh, you know, hammering on this and make sure we create a, an opportunity where people feel cared for, loved, and welcomed. Well, thanks, Chris, for your time today. Yeah, man, it was fun. I like this yeah, format. Yeah, and, and if people good. want to get a hold of you um, uh, after this, uh, I mean, other than going to thinkburlight.com and and, uh, and looking for your information, what's a quick way that they could get a hold of you if they want to have a chat about resources or training or uh, what we're doing with Burlap? Yeah, I mean, it's just Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at thinkburlap.com. That's the best way to reach me when it comes to this stuff. And obviously there's um, other... Um, places where they can find me on the internet and stuff but that's the easiest is just uh, chris at thinkburlap.com that comes straight to me and you know i respond personally to each one of those so um be happy to chat with people that'd be great all right thanks chris burlap podcast